Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene and Lori. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hey, we're so glad that you're here for another episode. And today we're going to talk about communication. Now we're going to cover it in a few areas. So literally, this is going to apply to everybody. We're going to talk about communication in marriage because that's an important topic. When your spouse is at home, how do you communicate with them? Um, We're going to talk about communication when you're standing for marriage restoration, because even if your spouse doesn't live at home, there's a way that you can communicate with them in a way that can be positive. And then we're going to talk about communication and restoration. You know, when you enter marriage 2.0, as we sometimes call it, when you're in that season of restoration, Communication is important, and it's got to be different than it was before. And so wherever you find yourself today, um, I hope that we cover a topic and a part of this that will really speak to you, but it is such an important topic and one that I really think is to blame for a lot of breakdowns in relationships. Oh, I do too. And Lori, I believe that when you listen to these podcasts, think of others who you can share this with because they will be blessed as you have been blessed. Well, communication is something that's definitely talked about a lot in the Bible, and it's important in marriage. You know, recently we've heard from so many people that have talked about problems that they're encountering in marriage, problems they're encountering in restoration, problems they're encountering with um, a prodigal spouse. And every one of the stories it seems like we've heard in the past few days, couple of weeks, has been around communication. Positively. You know, if we're living together um, or before your separation, you may have had a lack of communication or you were measuring and magnifying every word your husband or wife or children speak to you and you can get uh, upset about it, hold grudges, or you can let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. So we have to be careful what we say and do. You know, when we go to work, we usually don't say everything that we might be thinking. And I'm asking you to think about put a guard over your tongue and what you speak at home, because those are the ones you love the most. Let me read a scripture that you're just quoting a little bit of. Let me read the whole scripture for us. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Literally, that scripture says, what comes out of our mouth should only be what's helpful for building others up. If we really applied that, there would be a lot less talking happening in the world. Positively. We speak a variety of communication with multiple people throughout your day and week. And we're saying, do you have different tones and different levels or do you have different communication with the different people that you talk to. Right. The other scripture that you quoted was Psalm 141.3, which was David's prayer. And it says, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And in your marriage, when your spouse is at home, that is so important to be mindful of the way you're communicating. 
And, you know, a lot of people in their marriages are not communicating. They just are not um, connecting verbally. And it's hard to believe that happens, but we've heard it time and time again, especially recently from so many people that they're living under the same roof, but they're not talking. They just coexist in a house and there's no communication. And that silent treatment is a type of communication. And it is not helpful for building others up like we read from Ephesians 4. It is destructive when you're giving your spouse the silent treatment. And so if you're in a marriage where that is your go-to way of coping is to be silent with each other, I want to encourage you to really write down the scriptures we're going to talk about today, but really put forth an effort to let those scriptures and what we talk about be a change for you and and go forth from this episode, the day you're listening to it, saying, I'm not going to do the silent treatment anymore. I'm not going to, um, you know, not communicate with my spouse. And it might be awkward if you're married and in a relationship right now that you're not talking. It's going to be awkward in the beginning to get back on that level of communicating, but it needs to be done. You know, there's tools out there that can help with it. You can come up with a couple of questions to ask every day, you know, ask even if it's how was your day. Well, I was just going to say, when they come home, yeah. stop what you're doing and go talk to them. Acknowledge them. Acknowledge yeah. them. That's a huge thing. And if, um, you know, one person recently shared with us that their spouse just will not talk. They're married, they're living in the same home, but their spouse just will not communicate with them. And you know, you need to be intentional about finding ways to get them to communicate. Obviously, there's thoughts going on in their mind. There's things happening. Um, how can you get them to share those with you? And that might be, you know, picking up a resource like the marriage journal that we've talked about before, where you can sit down weekly and have a list of questions for both of you to answer. Maybe your spouse would agree to do that. Maybe it's um, purchasing some of the games that they have. You can buy them on Amazon or christianbooks.com. It's a set of cards, and you could pull a card out and ask each other the question on the card. Whatever you need to do, whatever you think would be effective in your relationship and with your spouse is what you can use to help you um, communicating. But in a marriage, you've got to communicate. You know, no marriage falls apart overnight. Not I have not seen one marriage that just instantly had problems one night and then that was the end of it. It's a slow drift where two people were once living as one, as a husband and wife together, but they slowly drift away from the Lord and drift away from each other and then that's when the marriage breaks apart. We are hearing that people are holding grudges. They are upset about something, and they may not even speak it to their spouse, but they may hold a grudge about different things, and and that they're building and rewinding that over and over in their mind, and this other spouse does not even know that they're upset about things. So I, I think that the communication of coming home or communicating uh, when you uh, are talking, um, even, you know, Bob used to come into the kitchen and would um, help me with doing the dishes when the kids were gone and get the dishes done twice as fast, but we would talk about different things. And then we would 
sit down and decide what to do. What you said about holding a grudge is important and so right because people often do that. You know, we just had an episode recently about forgiveness, and that's a great episode to go back and listen to because often when we're holding a grudge is when we're trying to not communicate properly with somebody. And in Francis Chan's book, Until Unity, he talks about how we can understand how a mature believer should look when we study the life of Christ. And a mature believer would usually not be a person that's not communicating properly with their spouse. A mature believer would not be giving the silent treatment, you know, in times of arguments or or disconnect. A mature believer would behave differently. And in that book, he says, there's no better picture of a mature Christian than Christ. In him, we see love, mercy, compassion, boldness, holiness, forgiveness, and sacrifice personified. He was the epitome of every fruit of the Spirit. The way he handled the Scripture and the way he handled people is the standard for anyone who calls himself or herself a Christian. And so we know how we're supposed to behave. And that goes right along with um, what the Bible says in Galatians 5. Amen. Galatians 5, 22 to verses 25 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. That scripture tells us that we should not provoke each other in the way we're speaking to them. And when we're holding a grudge and when we're doing the silent treatment, when we're speaking with unkindness, that is provoking to our spouses or to our children or to our coworkers, anyone we come in contact with. You are right. Absolutely. Powerful scriptures. There are so many powerful scriptures that you can, um, you could do our monthly um, scripture journaling. And when you start doing it month after month, you are going to start learning so many different scriptures when you write them out and you are going to grow in the Lord um, with doing that. And so if you have not ever done scripture journaling, I would encourage you to do it monthly with us. We love doing it. It's coming down to where we need to be thinking before we speak. And just like Galatians 5 said, if all of our words are filled with joy, with peace, with kindness, and that is not only what we say, like the words we say to somebody, but it's also our tone. You know, our tone matters. We can say simple words to a person and have a sharp tone, and they understand what we're trying to say through the sound of our voice. Oh, positively. And you you can hear it when your children, or if you have even adult children that come and visit, and um, you get on a topic or something, your voices change in tones and, and loudness and, and, and laughter or, or disagreeing about something with each other. And we've got to understand that when we go home, 
we're to radiate Jesus wherever we go and whoever we talk to. And if we can be the example of Jesus every day, even though your spouse may not be walking close to the Lord, you don't have to speak it. You need to pray it to the Lord and with special scriptures and ask the Lord to change your spouse and in your home that there's not strife or um, into windows or anything about any subject you don't have to disagree about. Right. Well, let's talk about your when your spouse is not at home, because some of you listening are standing for marriage restoration, and you don't necessarily have a lot of communication with your spouse. And even though the communication may not be as often as you would wish, it might just be once or twice a week, or it might be even less frequent than that. You can still do all of the things that we're talking about today when you have the opportunity to communicate with your spouse. Oh, and that I'm a pro about because Bob um, was having an affair and was having a relationship. When Bob would come by, I wanted to keep peace. And and even if he's not there or your spouse is not, you know, in the area that you do see them at all, I would send cards to Bob when he moved away and just at appropriate times and thinking of you or whatever, I would send a card. If they tell you not to send the card or any of that, then be respectful. It's not even so much about sending them a card, but it's also just having the things that we've talked about, like in Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness having that exude from you when you're communicating with your spouse. So whether you're having to contact them and say, I didn't get a child support check this month, or you are contacting them to coordinate, you know, how you guys are going to do the holidays with your adult children and grandchildren, there's a way for you to communicate as Jesus would with love and with faithfulness and with kindness to your spouse every time. That is so true. You know, it comes down to just thinking before we speak. And if we would all slow down, you know, we see that um, happening all over social media now that people are so quick to answer and so quick to spew out their opinion and their viewpoint And if we would just take a breath and think before we speak, we could probably avoid a lot of conflict in our marriage and in our relationships with other people. I'm going to read uh, Proverbs 15, 28, and it says, The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. It's exactly what we're talking about, that you wait when you're weighing your answers, you're slowly considering what you're going to say. And then I, Lori, um, looked up many different scriptures about the tongue. Proverbs 17, verses 27 and 28 says, A man of knowledge uses words with restraint. A man of understanding is even-tempered. Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent and discerning if he holds his tongue. And when I read that, I thought, wow, that is powerful, because that's just what we're saying. Right. You gotta you gotta slow down and think about what you're doing and what you're gonna say before you speak. And you know, not every thought needs to be verbalized. Some some thoughts we have are are not 
of Christ, and they don't need to be spoken out loud. And we can just slow down and ask God to really um, help us to check those thoughts before they come out. It would help. Sometimes we want to try to uh, take control or win in the conversation. We want to make our side where we're right and they're wrong. Right, like the loudest person wins. Right. And, you know, we have to say, you know, I don't have to win every discussion we have. I can listen to my spouse and just uh, say, I'll think about it. You know, I'll pray about it or any number of different words you might have. When your kids start to talk to you or adult children start to talk to you, they may ask your opinion, but they're not going to say for certain they're going to do it. But you can talk back and forth and discuss things. And I think we have got to give courtesy in our family. I think we have to acknowledge that we are supposed to live like Jesus in our homes or outside at work or or at school. Yeah. And and we sometimes lose our tongues that we just speak loosely right. and without thought with it. Right. That's true. Um, the last area we're going to talk about is communication and restoration. And everything that we've said so far applies to that. But in restoration, it is so important that you are really making sure that communication is at the forefront of your relationship. You know, you had a marriage that was broken up by separation or divorce, and now you're working on your new marriage, and you can't go back to those old habits and those old ways of communicating. And so it's so important that as a couple, you are aware of that, and then you're making intentional decisions together on how we're going to communicate so that we don't end up having problems again. That might be as simple as starting with the morning. You know, I'm a morning person. I can get out of bed and have a conversation immediately with somebody, and my husband needs time to wake up and to slowly, you know, get going so that we can have a conversation that's understanding the way your spouse operates is understanding the way they communicate. If your spouse struggles to focus on what you're saying, unless the house is quiet and chaos isn't happening, then while dinner is being made or kids are running around or, you know, they're planning out their work week, it's probably not a good time to bring up a big heavy topic to talk about. So just understanding the way each of you communicate and how you operate will really help the communication in your relationship be positive. When you're working on restoration, I would describe communication, these many different words, and let me read them to you. Friendly, kind, sympathetic. You can be harsh or argumentative, unfriendly. You might gossip or you could um, use profanity. And what we're saying is, what are you really saying? What are you trying to speak to your spouse of restoration? And I know you could have the, your uh, spouse that when you're working the process of restoration, that they may push a button or they may seem like they're going back to their old habits. And you know what? Talk to the Lord about that. Don't start accusing your spouse because they're going to put their walls up. And we want to do this where we don't go backwards, but we work on trying to be a different person 
um, than we were in your marriage before. Right. It's learning new ways to communicate with each other. And we just want to reiterate how important it is to communicate. You know, the first thing that will break down a marriage is a lack of communication. There's a lack of communication when a spouse can start keeping secrets, a lack of communication when you're not being honest with each other about struggles, about... um I would recommend you share what's happening in your daily life with your spouse throughout your evenings or right. It's so or Im- weekends. Right. It's important to let your spouse in on what's happening at work. You know, what's what's happening? What was the high of the day and the low of the day? Or if you're home and you don't work outside the home, you know, what did you do that day? Share those things with your spouse. It's so important to just have constant communication. It doesn't always need to be about the kids. It doesn't always need to be about the big events of life, like paying a bill. It just needs to be a friendship. And that's when you have a friendship with somebody, you're in good communication with them and healthy communication and and communicating the way we've talked about that scripture says. So communication is such an important part of your relationship. And there is right and wrong ways to do it. And so just ask the Lord to, you know, show you if there's things you need to apologize for, or like we talked about on the last podcast, things that you need to forgive. If maybe you have not been communicated with in appropriate ways, maybe you need to let that go and forgive your spouse for that and move forward where you show them what we talked about, you know, the joy and the kindness and the goodness and see what the Lord can do with your um, relationship as communication improves. Let me close, Lori, with a scripture that I have written down. It's Psalm 19, verse 14. It says, May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And that's what we're asking you. We're asking that you would just cry out to the Lord and say, Change my heart. And may my words be pleasing to you, Lord, and that we would be the example and we will be the ones to try to defuse any problems or discussions and pray and ask God to help us. And and let's see. I, I think that when you would start working on this restoration and you keep bringing the Lord into it, he is going to help you through it. And the process of marriage restoration is going to be uh, very exciting. Right. And that's a wonderful prayer to pray. May the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. So it's a good challenge. Write it on an index card and and start memorizing that. And every day that can be what you just pray to the Lord, that he would help you have words that are pleasing in his sight. Amen. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.